You are listening to Grit and Grace. My name is Tauber Lee, and I am here for deep soul-level conversations and connections about spirituality, to step into a deeper understanding of what lies on the other side of the veil. As a social impact entrepreneur, founder of the Moon Temple Mystery School, high priestess and ritualist, I am shining a light on walking the awakening path and how it weaves into our daily lives. I invite you to take a deep breath, leave what you know at the door, and step into the mysteries with me. You are listening to Grit and Grace, and I'm really excited to be here with you. And my super amazing goddess sister, Mishi, is joining us today. Thanks Mishi for being here. Mishi is in the house. Mishi is in the house. <laughs> and I, can I just say that we are, it is currently raining outside. We're sitting by candlelight. We are like, we both happen to show up dressed in white. All the things. All the things. So it's like the priestesses are in the house tonight to talk about all kinds of stuff. Mystery school. Yeah. What else? Dark goddess mysteries. Let's talk about the underworld. The underworld. Or other world. Or the darkness. Can we just even talk about the darkness? Yeah. It's gotten us through some stuffy stuff this year for sure. Right. And and I actually think that's a really good place to start because there are so many reasons why people think of the darkness as bad. Programming. Yeah, programming. It is programming. And it's this idea that darkness relates to something that is less than favorable. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you really think about what darkness is, it's reflection. For sure. Right? It is the other half of us. Like we all have light. We all have darkness. And to fear the darkness within us is denying ourselves of half of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we can't have light without darkness. We can't have darkness without light. So, And I think you and I are very good at hanging out in dark places. We are. (laughs) You like to be in dark places. Because here's what I know. I know that when we spend time in darkness, it eliminates outside noise. Like to me, darkness is just void of light. Yeah. It's 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 not an intrusion of something else. It's just the removal of like fire. Yeah. Really, if we're talking about it, it's the removal of fire. Yeah. In our planet, it's the removal of the sun. In the cycle of our our of the earth, it's the removal of the sun. Yeah. Right? Because it's too far away for things to grow. At nighttime, it's the removal of the sun. So if yeah. I start if I sink into darkness as just the removal of light, that's a different charge than people thinking something swarms yeah. out and is different yeah. at, at, in the darkness, right? Yeah. Or I mean, even deeper, you know, people fear of when you say darkness that it automatically means demonic or something that's not happy or pure, which is not the case. Right. And you, being the dark goddess queen that you yes. are, um, I'm just, I just have to tell all of you that are listening, we have some really wonderful names for Mishi, depending on her mood at the time. <laughs> She's all different kinds of witches. She could be yeah. swamp witch. She could be vampire witch. She could be other witches, which we shall not name, <laughs> but might involve her licking the microphone. <laughs> um how, what made you? I'm just gonna. I want people to hear from you. What made you want to start tattooing 
dark goddesses all over your body. Because all for those that don't body. know you, trust me, I've seen her naked. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and she has all of the most beautiful tattoos that represent the dark goddesses on her body. So talk about that. Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to my tattoo master, Eric Cox. He's really kind of taken the lead on designing all of these beautiful goddesses that are inked on my skin. Um, What made me start doing this? I went through a tumultuous time in my life where I thought my life is either going to end or it's going to get really freaking amazing and powerful. And I was going to be empowered beyond belief, which I feel like the later happened. Um, I had some really crappy stuff happen in my life and it was a, a pile on of stuff and just being able to embody goddess Kali really kind of helped me, um, through the muck and the mud and just envisioning her with all of her arms and her swords and her weapons, just destroying evil and ego and, and really harnessing her power. And then getting into some other goddesses such as Lilith um, really helped me empower my voice. Lilith, I feel like, is the void. And um, it's through her that I stand in some really great um, vocalness of who I am and who I am developing into. So I think back to your question of what made me want to start tattooing these wonderful beings on my body is they're me. And um, I want to honor who I am. And I'm such a, a mute person. I'm such a quiet person. I process things quietly. I love being alone. I was a magical hush child, so I never got to voice a lot of stuff. And I think being able to express who I am on my body has really kind of opened me up to a lot of different things. So do you feel like, I have a question that I know people are, are asking themselves, which is, do we call in the dark goddesses when we need them? Or are the dark goddesses a part of the transformation that we're required to go through in this lifetime? Because I think like the tower card to me is, uh, it's unavoidable. Like if your path is meant to destruct so you can rebuild, that's going to happen. So do you feel that the goddesses, and, and if we're really in tune with ourselves and we're connected and you have a spiritual practice, it's not going to be a surprise when I say that you know who's walking with you at the for time. Sure. But for those that are new, how do you suggest they get in touch with which dark goddess may be able to associate with the deepest, I'm just going to go like really esoteric for a moment, but like the deepest part of their soul that's like aching and cracked open and is like oozing blood down at the pit of their belly, right? Because we know a lot of people right now in 2020 are going through that for a variety of reasons. Yes. So people know what we're talking about for when sure. we start talking about they, they are feeling in what is perceived to be the down, the negative side of darkness. Correct. How do they, how do they 
How do they call in this most beautiful, loving energy? Because that's what dark goddesses are. Like if we talk about Lilith, I mean, she holds you in the highest amount yeah. of grace and goes, it's like a, it's like a heart massage, right? Mm-hmm. And a sword like cuts through things that stop you from being able to shine who you truly are. That's, that's the energy that I feel yeah. from her. Definitely. But she's massaging your heart at the same time. And her hands are completely caressing every part of you yeah. when you're walking with her. So I think to go back to your first question is do, and I probably going to paraphrase this all wrong, but um, how do you know when someone's with you or when do you call them in? And mm-hmm. I think, yes, it's both. Um, I think getting in touch with your like who is actually with you, um, you can do all kinds of meditations and they will appear in different forms, whether it's visually or mentally or vocally, or um, you're going to start seeing stuff. Let's just say Lilith for an example. You're going to start seeing stuff about Lilith all Mm -hmm. over the place. Um, I think for me, it was it just, it had kind of come to me. And so I started looking into some of these dark goddesses and it was like, oh my gosh, that's exactly who has showed up for me. That's exactly who's walking with me. That's exactly her teachings that are coming through right now. There's going to be a rep, um, a repetition of them coming into your life and you're going to know they're, they're there. You're going to feel them. You're going to harness that energy. And then once you start to realize what they represent and and who they are, that kind of, those kind of things you're going to realize, you're going to put a name to a face. Here's what I talk about when I say there's a quickening inside of your pulse. That's how you know that you're on the right track or it's the person that's with you or the entity or the deity or the goddess, whatever you want to call it. There's a quickening of your pulse that happens. And the only way to really know what that is is to clear your channel, right? Yeah. So so the, what you're talking about is the meditation and the journaling. You know, we have other podcasts and resources. Oh, and by the way, we forgot to talk about Mystery School. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We were going to actually start with that, we right? We start with that. But, you know, as soon as we start, as soon as you and I start talking about dark goddesses, we could spend a lot of time here because what's already happened in this room is that dark goddess energy has come oh, yeah. in. Like even the way that... Like my body's moving while we're in this recording and I'm trying to keep my mouth in front of the microphone. But I feel like the other part of dark goddess energy to me that is so important is that it allows us to see deeper into parts of other people's souls that they don't want to see. And I know what it feels like to go into that level of connection with another human. And it makes me mo- makes my body want to move because that energy starts to move. So I think if people are, let's just go, moontempleschool.com, by the way. We'll just put that out there. <laughs> there is going to be dark goddess classes. You can sign up for them or even just enter our mailing list now and it'll come out. Yeah. You know, Mishi and I, we are working on this. She's going to lead those classes and they're going to be amazing. But we do have other tools that you can go to, different meditations and resources, um, on the school, if you want to go, like, start that process now. Like, if you're brand new and a lot of this is sounding <laughs> like, wait, what are you talking about? There's a place for you to start. So I think we're going into a conversation, though, in the way that most people that are here are already feeling the threads that we're weaving. Definitely. One thing, Mishi, I want you to talk about, too, is let's talk about Lilith. I know I, I kind of yeah. said originally that we weren't going to do too much um, 
diving into the goddesses themselves because there's so much content, right? I don't I don't want us to be remiss or somebody to listen and say, oh my gosh, you forgot this, this, and this about that goddess. Well, listen, we know this is one podcast and right. we can't cover it all. So we, we won't go into too much, but... It's it's how they re- how how they relate to us, how yeah. we interpret them. Yeah. And so. can I tell the story about um, the amazing man that I met that told me, I'll call it a bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So a dear sister of ours has a friend that I spent some time with and. He has a very wonderfully knowledgeable outlook on a bunch of different things and topics. And I think at the time I was doing a lot of work with Lilith. If you remember this was happening, I actually went through what I consider to be like a series of initiations with goddesses mm-hmm. last summer. Yeah. It was like this this like wave of knowledge hitting me while I was like sitting in front of a fire and I'm journaling and writing and getting information and I'm sitting and just getting to know this goddess and like embodying it and feeling it in my body. And then all of a sudden it's like whoosh, Lilith is here. And then like whoosh, it was Kali. And then whoosh, it was Isis. I'm like, what is happening? So Mishi was on the other side of this like oh yeah that's 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 okay like just 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 keep going with it i'm like whoa <laughs> but lilith right she has to me i think part of the reason why i feel but besides the fact that it's the um we're like dark lilith moon all of 2020 am i right mm-hmm. I, you know I, I don't i don't i don't do astrology i read it and follow it but we yeah. have a, there's some association in the planets to lilith do you know what yeah. that is so the dark moon of Lilith is actually, it's what happens when it's in its furthest part of being away from the earth okay. and it's in the void. So we have that several times this year is yes. what you're saying. Okay. Yes. So knowing the story of Lilith, let's let's talk about the original story of Lilith and how this applies to Adam and Eve. Shall, shall you start? Yes. And I'm going to try and not be too opinionated. No, please, woman. This is what we want you here for. So the story goes, this is actually from, um, it's based in the Jewish tradition that Lilith was the first female along with Adam and they were in a union and Lilith refused to submit to Adam and obey. She was an independent woman, had her own opinions and wanted to basically tell him, you're not the boss of me. Right. (laughs) And Adam did not like that. Right. (laughs) So he asked his higher being to get rid of Lilith and to give him a not so mouthy woman. (laughs) So Lilith was cast out and along comes Eve and Adam and Eve join in a union and um, supposedly some people say that Lilith was the snake that um, enticed Eve to eat the apple. Mm. So take, take all the other interpretations for what they are. That's... Um, kind of the basis of who I believe Lilith is. And so therefore Lilith is also represented by a lot of different um, symbols. And we'll get into that in the, into the dark goddess class, but um, she is the void. And so when I see Lilith, I see a very, like she never has a face. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but she is very powerful in her voice and powerful in empowering me to be more vocal, vocal and um, use my no's and my yeses. Mm. If it's not a hell yes, if it's not a hell no, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, she nudges, yeah. she nudges into that. So that, hence the story of the man that I spent time with. Yes. Um, we had, we had a conversation about Lilith. And so I asked him to tell me a story from his own knowings of mythology on Lilith. And he told me the story of what happened when Lilith was cast aside and Eve came in. And he, he put it into the context of imagine being given a role to be a part of something very significant and you know that it matters. And yet the only way that you could do it is if you would lie on your back and do it the way that a man came down to tell you you had to do it or came to you and said, this is what you're going to do. And just because of the fact that she said, I would like to have a role or be a part of this in a way that matters to me, being equal. And not only that, but what about, like, it's, this also re- weaves in the pleasure pieces, right? Absolutely. Like, that, that setup was in a way that was about procreation, not her well-being. And the fact that she had the inner knowing to remove herself from the situation and, and, and say no is very significant in a lot of different religious studies and mythologies that rising up of the woman is the snake, which we can talk about other goddesses that have relations to snakes. But anyway, this this man's story was is that she went on to create destruction for a little while. Like she went on her path of letting everybody know this is what happens when you take the loving kind wisdom kind yeah. wisdom away from a woman and Absolutely. you take away their choices. And listen, in twenty twenty, can't we see that oh in everything that's happening? People are saying you cannot take away my ability Absolutely. to own myself. Absolutely. And it, and I really feel like it came to head with the Me Too movement. Um, there was another point I was going to make and I totally forgot because I was listening to you. Snakes. <laughs> it's probably snakes. the snakes. <laughs> That's another thing is, uh, oh, I'm going to keep talking about the snakes because it's going to, it's coming to me. Um, the other thing is I do have a lot of snake energy and I feel like a lot of these goddesses, um, um, hold that snake energy or the serpent energy as well. And a lot of them um, morph into snakes or have snakes as symbols or have snakes as hair or <laughs> have lower bodies of snakes mm-hmm. or serpents, I should say. Um, so yeah, snakes are mm-hmm. very prevalent in my energy. We actually, a couple of weeks ago, Mishi and I decided that when we're together like this, our our serpents intertwine. Yeah. So we create like a polarity between us, which is what energetically happens when we're in space together. And I think that that's one of the reasons why we want to do the work that we're doing at the mystery school is because opening yourself up to learning what that, because I mean, this, this is energies. We're talking about energies and people are going to say, well, are they, were they real people that lived as humans? Well, yeah, as far as we know, they did have a human experience, but we're actually talking about the energy and, Mm mythology is is what we have as our history. This is what we know. Like our right. history and our teachings 
come through mythology. And so the problem is, is that we have to cut through the bullshit of what the patriarchy and the Vatican has pushed down our throat as the stories of the mythology. We got to go deeper to learn the lessons. The other thing I was, I just thought of the other thing that I was going to say is about when you said she created a lot of destruction. Mm. And if you start studying about these dark goddesses, the first thing that kind of pops up and and sometimes when they were demonized is because they did go through that destruction. Because imagine someone, especially of the opposite sex, taking away your power and your voice and saying um, not true things about you. It's going to make you want to burn. It's going to make you want to burn the earth down. It's going to make you want to destruct so a lot of these dark goddesses are known for their destruction, but if you think about the destruction that does happen, um, it's almost like very nurturing. You know, if you think about the fires that happen mm-hmm. and after it destroys, what comes back is more nourished earth and greener grass and that kind of stuff. So yes, there was part of destruction. However, there's a lot of healing and empowerment. So I feel like a part of that destruction turned into an empowerment of this happened to me and it's motivating me to make a change. Therefore, I'm going to make a change within myself and be a voice and I'm going to advocate for for this because I'm not going to allow this to happen to me again. That's a really good way to put it. And I like that you said that so much because that brings it back into the practicality of how these energies impact our lives as humans. Like why why do we do this work is to break down the barriers that are stopping us from like living a full experience. And sure. a lot of times, especially women, we carry a lot of trauma in our bodies. And sometimes we sometimes we need that destruction to release that trauma. Yes. We need that destruction and we need to tear things apart and literally let it burn in order for us to really step into a place of healing. And maybe it doesn't come in the form of destruction. Maybe it's a process of death and rebirth, which Mm -hmm. you know me, I am the queen of death and rebirth and that I go through so many, so many deaths and rebirths. And it's kind of like the snake shedding its skin. And, um, you know, I have a snake skin over there on my altar from a snake shedding that is a death and a yes, rebirth. Yes, she does. I'm looking at it right now. I had to stop and pause and turn around and look. And yes, she does. It's right behind me. <laughs> because that's who me she is. Um, I and it's even come up in you know natal charts and it's come over and over and over during readings and akashic record readings. It's about death and rebirth. So I've just kind of settled into the fact that if I look at it as you know when something is taken away or something ends or um, in that effect, there's always a rebirth. Mm. So the cycles. Well, and you know, here's the other thing that I just thought of is it, it also depends on what we classify as destruction. Yeah. Because let's think about childbirth. Let's think about what childbirth does to a woman's body. Yeah. It is a type of destruction. Destruction has happened. Sure. It, it happens in order for us to carry a child to term. Parts of our body stretch, break, tear. In, in order for us to give birth as women, we have to push that baby out mm. of a very small opening yeah. in our body. And so things dis, like totally destruct in our body, but it is birth. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it's violent. 
giving birth is violent. And Mm -hmm. so when I think about destruction, I also just think about it's what you define as destruction. Correct. And, And on top of that, if we think of every single human that's walking this planet right now came from a woman's body, hmm, no wonder why destruction is known to us. Yeah. No wonder why goddesses bring that energy into us when we need it. For sure. It's powerful. Destruction can be powerful. Destruction can be nurturing and and beautiful. And transformative. Transformative. And yet there are the unhealthy parts of destruction that we know about. And that's when I, you know, you and I have experienced it. We know people that experience it now. We we all are human, so we see this happen. Having a spiritual practice, having something to lean on when you're at a time where you feel like everything is being ripped out, because there's a lot of people right now who are still even, and you and I talked about this, I think months ago at the beginning of Q-Town, that this fear cycle is creating a lot of destruction within families and relationships and people's purpose. And so having the ability to lean on something, on, on something that's bigger than just your one little experience on this planet, because we are literally beings on a rock that's floating around in space with a bunch of other big rocks. Sometimes we forget that. If you need some perspective, let's just remember we're tiny little specks <laughs> on a rock right, floating around in space. So how do we, how do you want to see people step into this path in, in the way that's easiest for them? Like, what do you recommend? I mean, we're talking about mystery school, but if it's new to them, I mean, you and I both know what that process process looks like. Right. Um, I want them to come in gently and not think that it is something that it is not, which it's not about creating more evil in the world. It's not about um, calling in something to harm others. We don't practice harming others. Well, there were, and, and that's, by the way, let's just talk a bit. Witchcraft is, there is many paths. And I want to come back to that. Remind me to ask yeah. you about left hand yeah. practices. Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I want people to know the truth. I want, to, I want people to be open-minded to the darkness and that it's not about, um, it's, it's not, it's not harmful. Can we say it's a doorway? It's a doorway. Healing. It's yeah. a doorway to healing. And once you tap into your darkness and tap into some of your shadows and tap into um, harnessing and being okay and not battling all of what people say is darkness and just accepting that it's the other half of us, that it can be the most beautiful experience ever and it can be so healing and so transformative and yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that you said it that way because what I was trying to ask you, and I kind of stumbled on my words there for a moment, but I wanted to ask how you wanted people to start the journey, how you saw the best way or your, you know, your knowledge and intuition around it, because I know that these dark goddess classes are going to call in different types of people that want to learn. Sure. And we, you know, you and I don't, we don't practice um, the dark arts. Correct. Um, and, and although even saying dark arts is not the right way to say it, meaning we don't do any work that is against anybody's free will. Correct. Um, we don't we don't kill anybody in this lifetime. Correct. Um, 
We work on ourselves. Yes. And we teach others how to do the same. Correct. And so if you're looking to attend a dark goddess class because you think that we're going to tell you how to have Medusa shown up and have your ex-boyfriend turned into stone, well, I mean, that might happen. <laughs> it, is, it is possible. Um, but that would be through your own process of determining what you're willing to put out there because it is, it's, it's real when we look at what we put out and, and what comes back. And Correct. you know, we're not going to talk about the specifics of that in this show because... I do feel like that enters into a territory where we want to be looking at you face-to-face when we have those conversations. Correct. Yeah. And that's what I love about Medusa. Can we just talk about the fact that there's a dark Mm. goddess, that if you look at her in the eyes, she turns you into stone? Because she is done with your stuff. (laughs) And Mishi is so good at that. Listen, all of y'all listening, if you have not heard me tell the story about Mishi and... (laughs) I'm going to tell the story again because it's my favorite story, but we were recording a series of podcasts for a different show in Las Vegas over a year ago, and it was was so funny because I did, what, 30 interviews in two and a half days? Oh, my gosh. And Mishi so beautifully, and Gigi, and two of the friends, Kim and Yvonne, came and supported me and like were my handlers because that was a lot of people. And one one of the women that sat down for an interview had some attitude. And so Mishi was like sitting next Basically, to me. Basically, she had a lot of BS coming out of her mouth. <laughs> and Mishi was like moving energy for me constantly the whole time. So she was sitting down next to us. We sit at the table to start talking. And I saw Mishi literally turn her back of the head to us, like forcefully stand up and just boom, out. She was just gone. I'm like, what? What? I mean, we're literally recording. So I'm like watching this happen. I'm like, that's weird. And then I started to feel what was happening in the interview. And I'm like, oh, Mishi, she's like, peace out. I'm done. I'm going to Medusa your ass if you look at me. So I'm giving you the back of my head. (laughs) That's exactly what you did. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, I do remember that. And yes, when there is people that show up that I just, I can't, I can't process their. You're um, good at that. I'm outsy. Yeah, no, it's good. It's actually a very, it's it's something to learn from because yeah. the thing is, is that we all know when somebody's showing up with that energy. Now, listen, y'all, if you have a job and you're working next to a colleague that shows up with that energy, I know that you can't turn your head Correct. or Medusa, their faces in the meeting, mm-hmm. but you can learn how to control your own energy. This For is sure. what this is about. Like you For get sure. to choose how you show up and that's doing the work. Yeah. And and we had a PJs and Epiphanies about oh, this whole did. thing. We did. And that when you interact with that person, you're basically entering a contract of exchanging energy. So once you respond to that person, then you're opening your channel to receive their energy, which I don't have timer space anymore. Yeah. So I... Re- I just, I don't. Yeah. And I think that it's a really powerful lesson to learn that we get to choose. We, I mean, we get to choose how we energetically communicate with another yeah. person. I mean, right now you and I, we're like serpents Absolutely. moving. So there's one other, there's one other goddess that I wanted to mention because I feel like she is very prevalent in what's happening this year. She's definitely a goddess that I can tell you many of our gifted sisters have said, sisters and brothers have said, oh, I don't call that energy in because that's, it's a lot. And that's Hecate. Mm, Yeah. And I feel very- The um, wise one. Yeah. Like I, I feel Hecate is, to me, Hecate is wisdom. She is wisdom. She's, 
when I think of Hecate, I think of like, like the grandmother, the, the, the gatekeeper, the keeper of all of the knowledge. She's just, she is like the foundation. It's because she's a triple headed goddess. She, she has been a maiden. She's been a mother and she's been a crone. So she contains all the wisdom, which, you know, you and I can acknowledge at this stage in our life that there is only time can grant you certain knowledge and wisdom. Definitely. Hecate embodies that. Like that's the energy that she has is wise woman and no, no bullshit. Yeah. Like her bullshit detector is up there with Lilith. Like you bullshit your goddesses, people. <laughs> you have some serious karma to answer to. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, Hecate, she is mighty and um, it's it's like going to grandma's house or like going to a great aunt's house and... Um, being, being afraid to spill your juice on their <laughs> couch. <laughs> She's going to have plastic on those sofas. Exactly. And your grape juice is going to be drank outside. Oh my gosh, it's so true. But she's going to have the best tasting cookies for you. Oh my gosh. When you cry, she's going to wipe your tears. Yeah. Yeah, that's... mm. And that's why we talk about dark goddesses as the most loving type of um, energies to work with. And and Misha, I'm really excited for the classes you're going to bring to the Moon Temple Mystery School. I know that we haven't posted the schedule yet. I don't know when this will come out. So whenever you're listening to this, if you haven't been to the moontempleschool.com, go there and check out the classes because Misha's going to run a series of them. We're going to do a yeah. different dark goddess pretty much every month, right? Correct. For whoever knows how long until we decide not to. Yes. And I think that this is going to be a deep dive learning into healing, into embodiment, into developing your practice, whatever stage you're at. I mean, this is for beginners and for advanced practitioners that have not worked with these energies before, because to be honest, if you don't know how to work with them, sometimes it can feel intimidating, not because I believe that it is, but because it can feel like that. Yeah, I did all of, you know, my friends know that I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of all in on TikTok. So I've been doing this TikTok thing mm-hmm. for a little bit and I don't really talk about the it a TikTok lot. TikTok queen. I'm a TikToker. <laughs> TikToker. I'm a TikToker. It's quite funny. So I do spend some time watching other, because there's a big thing on TikTok called Witch Talk. Mm -hmm. It's a big thing. Like there's a whole Mm -hmm. community. Like there's people on Witch Talk that try to create communities and kick other people out that tell them they can't use that hashtag because they don't practice witchcraft properly. It is, I'm telling you, it's wild. It's like the biggest segregation I've seen in the spiritual community is happening on TikTok and it's called Witch Talk. If I wanted rules, I'd go to church. Exactly. (laughs) So... I saw, I see a lot of uh, witches posting things because that's the niche I post. And so I get fed that. It's one thing I'll tell you that I really like about TikTok is the the algorithm is extremely customized. It's like nothing you've ever seen before. And nobody's feed will be the same. And it's not about who you follow. It's about what you watch. So your watch time determines what they feed you. And so, of course, I watch a lot of stuff on TikTok around spirituality and witchcraft and this one, which has a, a very large account, she probably has double the size of mine. And she did a video sitting in her car and she said, all you baby witches out there, if you think you're playing around and you want to call in these dark goddesses, they are going to burn your mm. soul. And I'm like, huh? And I, I literally recorded a video the next day and I'm like, nope. 
Actually, I think I might have showed that to you yeah. um, when we did our PJs and epiphanies. I, I, that, I, I, don't, I actually don't associate with that type of response because I believe that if our intentions are pure, no matter what you know or you don't know, if you're not causing harm to anybody's free will and you're calling in a guide or a goddess with your intentions always pointing like true north and, and your direction is, is set for a reason that is true to you, there, to me that doesn't result in harm. Correct. And can we just say that we don't do rules? <laughs> we don't do rules. <laughs> <laughs> we make our own rules as we, we go, which are rules. none. <laughs> but this is, this is, this is why I, I say that, and I ask such specific questions for you for people that are coming into the class because there's a lot of information right now that is surfacing because this yeah. we are in the age of Aquarius. Like although people in the seventies kicked it off, like truly they kicked it off, which are my parents. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. We are now in this collective awakening that's happening at a rapid pace. So people are seeking out information, like yeah. the word spiritual awakening and consciousness and the esoteric is more common than it's ever been in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. And the rules are, there are no rules. The rules are, there are no rules. Let's just say that again. The, the rules, rules are, are, there are, are no rules. rules. Bam, mic drop. So if someone gives you a rule. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the important piece. And, and this is why at least this Moon Temple School that I've started that you're a part of this is this is different. This is a different type of mystery school than a lot of people might think. And there is some resistance out there that this should be kept secret and only the select few. I mean, mystery school in the past has been only for the select yeah. few. And I understand that parts of it will only get a pass down in certain ways. Yeah. But there is a way for us to expose people to the possibility of healing themselves and raising their vibration. There is a way to do that. And we're doing this in a modern world. Yeah. And I wonder, too, to go back to you saying about people say that it should be kept a secret. Um, my opinion, and I could be wrong on this, but what I'm getting why it should be kept a secret is because those are the ancient teachings and a lot of people had to go underground mm. and keep it a secret um, so that they wouldn't get murdered burned or burned. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like the whole secretive part of that is leading into even our age right now that it's the ancient way of going about doing these teachings is to keep it secret and keep it underground because you don't want to be persecuted for having these opinions and having these beliefs and, mm. and you know, because people have lost their lives from it, which... Um, I feel okay talking about it and not keeping it a secret because I feel like it should be heard. I feel like there's so much truth in the ancient teachings that um, it's hard for me to be secretive about it anymore because it's been so powerful in who I've transformed into. Well, and let's also face it that we're stepping out. Like yeah. doing this work is stepping out. Yeah. You know, you and I both know that I've already met some resistance. For sure. And there is risk. Like this, mm -hmm. this, there is risk. There is risk in anybody that's teaching others how to harness their own power. For sure. And that's what the patriarchy has tried to squash 
for a really long time. And so, and I think that there's something like, I think it's 11 to 13 different countries where you can actually still be criminally charged for practicing witchcraft. There is a certain number of countries on this planet right now that it is still a punishable crime. So I understand that too. And I, and I do believe that there are, you know, it's funny because there are parts of different paths, initiation paths that we're going to be teaching that require rules and structure right. that, that just for the learning itself that you go through. But at the end of it, the goal is for you to, you know, take what resonates and leave the rest. But you might need to learn it in this style so we can get through it. Correct. But it's not because we want to create a situation where you have to do it this way. We want to teach people how to do it their way. Correct. And there is some um, structure that comes with that. And sure. I think that... I think it's just time for us to blow the lid off of all the things that we fucking keep underground. <laughs> Truly, like I'm tired of keeping things yeah. fucking behind the closed door. Why do we ritual in privacy and not talk to our friends and our neighbors who we know <laughs> need the connection? Like, why do we do this? Why do we not allow people into the magic of our lives? Yes, yes. Damn, so if you see ranting. us doing. <laughs> Doing stuff in the backyard when you're naked. Mind naked, your own business. Mind your own business. And when it's a full moon, you know, you or just... Or come join us. You come, exactly. Just, don't, just don't call the cops on us. Yeah. We we like to do our things our way. And, yeah. And we want you to do it your way, too, and not be afraid yeah. and remove the fear from a full expression. And can we talk about the fact that our sister goddess, Gigi, is going to be having a sex magic class at the mm, mystery school? Oh I know. God, I'm so excited. Guys, these are the, these are some major classes coming out, and our brother Ephraim will be hosting the archetype classes around yeah. the Council of Your Soul, which is whew, big, powerful stuff. And if you're planning to do to to cast a wheel for 2021 or do any, if you don't know what that is, if you're planning to set any intentions for 2021 that is going to follow the cycles of what's coming next year, you want to take this archetype class first because it will yeah. go deep into your soul level of what energies you were born with and where you're at in your life and what to bring in. Yeah. I think that's the best way to summarize that. Definitely. I'm and sure then, Evie could do it a lot better, but Well, go check good. out Evie's ep- yeah. episode because by the time this comes oh, out, his podcast excellent. will be out. Oh, no, <laughs> it's so good. And um, any, I want to, if there's still some left, anybody that signs up for Evie's first round of classes at the Moon Temple Mystery School will get an autographed book mm, of poetry yeah. that he just released. Yeah, because they are a poet they and are they poet. have written this amazing poetry book that just came out and we're celebrating. Yes. So we are giving you one of their signed poetry yeah. books. So everybody that joins the archetype class. So join the archetype class. We also have, um, by the way, before we started recording tonight, we had a couple of new coven applications come in. So if you are interested in learning from others and you have some type of spiritual practice, doesn't matter what it is, because we all want to learn. And learn from each other. And learn from each other. You know, apply to join the coven. And yeah, there's lots. So check it out. And our sister Shoshana is going to be teaching the tarot, which I'm super excited about as well. And you know what I can't wait for is after this first cycle, she's going to do an advanced. I love it. I know. And Shoshana has been teaching um, tarot, I think it's 20 years. Wow. She is amazing. You guys are going to love her. She's been on the show a couple times. Yeah. So my friends, so in the meantime, we are going to continue to bring you topics around mystery school, around dancing naked under the moon, (laughs) around... Um, blowing the lid off the things we keep fucking hidden yeah, behind closed doors. Right. 
and connecting with the light and the dark, the polarity. Yeah. The beauty of the duality. Yes. Embracing us 100% instead of 50. Yes, that's right. No one wants a 50 percenter. Nobody wants a 50 percenter. <laughs> Oh, Misha, I love you, sister. I love you, too. You're so beautiful, and I appreciate you always weaving your wisdom in such amazingly um, gentle, graceful, and truthful ways. Thank I you. deeply honor all of that about you, my friend. Thanks. I appreciate you allowing me to be unapologetically authentic. That's right. The only rules is there are no <laughs> rules. <laughs> all right, my friends, we'll be back. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to download the Himalaya app and follow us there so you can stay up to date on all of the new shows that are coming out. And on any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there. Mm